Booty, the Fight CRC podcast. Colorectal cancer patients are often faced with circumstances related to their disease that aren't openly discussed. In Tabuti, the Fight CRC podcast, we delve into those topics that are sometimes considered controversial, trending, or just plain interesting. Listen in as we talk to experts, patients, and caregivers who provide accurate, real, and practical information for cancer survivors. It's time for us to bring these issues to light. Listen in from anywhere, from your car to the chemo chair. To suggest a podcast topic, email answers at fightcrc.org. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fight Colorectal Cancer Tabuti podcast. My name is Sharon Worrell and I am joined today by Caroline Lee. She's a stage four uh, colon cancer survivor in the Bay Area who was a winner on the TV game show Wipeout in 2010. And she's here today to talk about her connection to colorectal cancer and how physical activity has really helped her in many aspects of her life, including treatment and management of colorectal cancer. Hi, Caroline. Hi there, Sharon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. So I was hoping you might start just by sharing your story to the listeners out there, um, your story about your diagnosis and coming to terms with that. Okay. Um, With the story, so just a brief background of myself. I am in living in the Bay Area. I'm single. I work um, in Silicon Valley in the tech industry. And um, I have a very active lifestyle. So um, back in 2010, 2011, I was doing triathlon, uh, half Ironman, and um, playing a lot of volleyball with friends and doing a lot of mountain biking. And during the fall of 2011, I noticed something was off. But I, and I wasn't feeling well, but I didn't know why. And my challenge was describing what was off. It wasn't an athletic injury where I can describe, you know, a cause and effect. But this was just something was not right. And um, I probably waited a couple of months before I went to a doctor in early 2012. And um, blood and urine tests were done, but they were inconclusive. And so I was advised to just cut gluten and to take Metamucil and to monitor this. And what happened was when I skipped forward four months later, I was working in the Philippines, and I specifically remember feeling cold but sweaty, um, really uncomfortable, wanting to go to the bathroom but nothing's coming out, but also wanting to throw up, but nothing was coming up. And um, realizing that the flow of stuff inside of you either goes down or up, not both. And I should, something, so something was really off. I went to an urgent care clinic when I returned to the States, and the doctor helped me troubleshoot the symptoms. And he put together a list of things to do, and the first thing he said to do was go to an OBGYN. At that time, I didn't have one. Um, Again, I was single. I didn't have kids. I don't have kids, so I wasn't someone who went to the doctor a lot. I used Yelp to find me an OB. And um, I found an excellent one in Dr. Angela Pollard. She was wonderful. She... She immediately acknowledged something was wrong. Um, She had me do an ultrasound, and the result was two large cysts that needed to be removed immediately. And um, she wanted them removed so immediately that she set up the appointment with the surgeon, confirmed that he took my insurance, and um, kind of pushed me on my way. Wow. Yeah. And um, 
so what happened was the surgeon, Dr. Chen, he basically saved my life. When I look at it, you know, when I look back on this, he removed two very large cysts. And um, he always called them cysts. He never used the word tumor. Um, but one of the cysts was 27 centimeters by 17 by 10. And um, a lot of people ask me, how do you not know that's in you? And to be honest, just where I am in life, I thought maybe this is early menopause. You know, maybe that's what's off. Um, but during the surgery while on the table, after they took and removed the cysts, they ran labs, uh, determined that the cysts were, um, they said tumorous. They didn't say it was a tumor, but they said the cysts were tumorous. And um, as a result, they performed a full hysterectomy and an oophorectomy, also the removal of, all the, of both ovaries and um, also remove numerous lymph nodes. And while closing up, this is actually where he found a mass in my colon. It was six centimeters. That was removed and resected. So again, basically he saved my life. The result of all this was stage four colon cancer. And to be honest, while it sounds really scary, it was almost a relief for me to really understand what was wrong. So Caroline, you mentioned that at the final part of your surgery was when the the mass was detected in your colon. So w that wasn't the intention of the surgery. Yeah. And um, it was interesting because I just talked to this Dr. Chen about four months ago, and he was reflecting on this, and he, he said he remembered the surgery, and he remembered talking to the other surgeons saying, wow, this is really rare. And um, they were concerned about how late it was um, with regards to the size of the cysts. And um, I think their inclination thinking was that this was ovarian cancer, but he wanted to look around for more just to make sure he was thorough in the cleanup. And that's when he found the mass in the colon. So you mentioned you were pretty active before this diagnosis. You mentioned volleyball, mountain biking. Um, was that something... Are those activities that you had always been involved in since um, since your youth, or are those kind of activities that you took up took up um, as an adult? And how did that change um, post diagnosis? Okay, yeah. So I okay. So despite growing up with parents from China, they were immigrants, and being told I need to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer, uh, I had a love for gymnastics growing up, and. Um, Back in college, I'll even date myself, in the 80s, I had gone to UCLA on athletic scholarship to compete in gymnastics. So athletics has always been part of my background. And um, right out of college, I started doing other things, um, other sports. And um, I picked up volleyball. I love volleyball. And um, I started doing mountain biking and then picked up on triathlon. I've also done some rock climbing and flying trapeze. So sports have always been a part of my life. And um, there, there was this question then after the diagnosis, this was interesting on do I share this with my friends? Do I share this cancer diagnosis with my friends? And um, I, I had to think through this because um, probably based on the era where I grew up in, we don't talk about the tragedies in our life. Um, so it wasn't in my nature to share this, but I mentioned before I'd been traveling for work. I play a lot of sports, and at the time I was on a volleyball team that competes in an annual three-day tournament over Labor Day weekend. 
So it was early winter. My team knew we wanted to go play in this tournament in Toronto. We had a really strong showing in 2011, the year before, and we were going to come back again. But what I had told the team was, I'm going to come back. A few of the players were pregnant, and I was adamant and insisted that whoever we recruited, I needed to know who they were. Just because you're on the road working, um, I'm going to spend a three-day weekend with these people, with these teammates, and I want to know who they are. And my friends respected this. They recruited people I knew, and um, we formed a team. But when June came along and Dr. Chen was doing the surgery, he said I could go to Toronto, but I'm not going to be able to play to the level I want to. And um, in all fairness, I had to tell the team this because we had been training and practicing, you know, for six months prior. Um, so then what happens with this, this group of friends, they're very young, and um, I, I tend to hang out with younger people. They give me a lot of energy. They're good people. They're very well-intentioned, but they also, um, they also talk about a lot of things. So I knew that once I told them, they're not going to hold it together. They needed to find someone to replace me, and they were also going to get asked the question on why isn't Caroline playing. And um, I didn't want them to be put in a position where, you know, of secrecy. So, so I did full disclosure with them, and um, I also did full disclosure with work. And um, I'm really happy with that choice. Talking about the diagnosis and treatment, it helped me increase my understanding of colon cancer. It helped me understand my options. Um, by articulating the situation, I was better able to understand how I felt and grow from it. I think if I kept it to myself and limited the conversations to only close people, it would have been exhausting trying to keep track of all that. And so by opening up, I, I, it felt like I grew to be a better and more balanced and stable person. And it also forged stronger relationships with my friends and family. That's an interesting point. To me, it sounds like you had this wider network of people that were relying on you to come and, and play volleyball, and you needed to take that time away. So Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also learned, like, people are there to help. And, um, there, you know, there's awkwardness to this because people don't know what to say or how to react. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned that I can help drive it, and I can help, you know, they're, they're uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. And um, you know, at the end of the day, the intent is always good. And that's what I've got to keep in mind. Um, but it also opened the door to a lot of help. Like one former gymnastics teammate, Gigi, I remember she, she helped me get a point, an appointment with one of the best colorectal cancer physicians on the West Coast. And I remember she kept asking me about this. And you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to talk about it. And she just finally made the appointment. And, um, you know, and forged through her connections to make the appointment for me. And I really appreciated that. Um, and then at the same time, my other friends who knew of my situation put me in touch with, you know, friends of friends or acquaintance, acquaintances who have gone through a similar situation. And, um, again, those dialogues really helped. Right. Um, help, helped with the understanding and um, getting through the whole chemo phases. So let's let's talk about physical activity a little bit more because for for the listeners out there that aren't quite sure what wipeout is on TV, I mean it's you were doing some pretty wild 
things on that show. Um, can you explain a little bit about, about that? And I know this was prior to your diagnosis, but um, just to give people a feel of what kind of activity you, you have been involved in, I think is interesting to hear. Okay, sure. So Wipeout is a TV show. I believe it was on ABC. They ran for about seven or eight seasons. And it's a human obstacle course. And um, basically, it's there's four rounds to this. And the, the thing here is the people look stupid. Um, but it's fun. And um, this is the show where in the obstacle course, there's these four big red balls, and you try to make it across. Um, but you, the harder you try, the the bigger your wipeout's going to be on this. So the TV show is called Wipeout. And um, this is another area where my friends come into play. I don't watch a lot of TV. Again, I'd rather be out there doing some sort of activity. I have some friends who were watching TV and just they were in a discussion around who amongst our group would be able to do this show. And my name popped up. And these guys actually filled out my application and um, sent it to me and said, hey, would you mind submitting this? And um, so I submitted it. and. Um, I got a call back and interviewed, and I went down to audition, and I got selected to be on the show. The show is pretty awesome. We have a clip um, online. I can link this podcast to that if anyone's interested in, in seeing you in action. Um, so in terms of exercise, I mean, physical activity has been demonstrated to lower the risk of colorectal cancer recurrence and also improve quality of life um, for colon cancer survivors. So I'm curious to know um, what your process was like after your surgery, after treatment, or, or during treatment, what the process was like for you to start to engage in physical activity again? Um, you know, did you take it slow? Did you dive back in? And what kind of advice would you have um, to people that are starting to, you know, want to get moving again? Yeah. So after the surgery, I was taking it slow. Um, it was for me. It was the first time I've ever had a surgery, and um, I think with all the tumor removal and just what was going on, I think I dropped about 20 pounds, and um, and so I wasn't jumping back onto the volleyball court or getting on my bike for long bike rides. I was really kind of more or less focused on what's the next phase of treatment, and. Um, and so maybe I went on a bike ride here or there, you know, prior to the treatment. But when I got into the first chemo cycle, I learned that, you know, after the first cycle I was fine. But as these cycles are stacked onto each other, I think we all know this, or I didn't know this until I went through it, but the time frame to recover takes longer. And um, when I got to cycles two and three, I was it was really important for me to maintain as much normalcy as possible. Um, and that would help me build my confidence. So I know fresh air is good for you. And on the down days, I was binge watching on Netflix. But I was always appreciative and grateful for the days I could get outside. And I would, my friends would ask me, you know, do you want to do a bike ride? And I would always, I started asking, well, you know, I want to say yes, but I want to know where, how long, who's going, because if some of my intense friends are going, you know, I. I, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd want to know where we're going in case I needed an out, um, like if I wouldn't be able to make it as long. But I was learning that 
I don't need to do those big, long, intense workouts. I could do just, you know, a 20 minutes, and that's plenty of time. But just get outside. That was what was important to me. Um, a lot of friends asked, why didn't you start playing volleyball again? And um, the unfortunate thing on this was I think a lot of us get ports put in. And I had difficulty on my port um, surgery. They tried to put it on, in on the left, and then it went to the right side. And then I developed something called frozen shoulder. And so I couldn't lift my arm up over my head, which prevents me from playing volleyball, um, which is fine because there's other sports you can do. And at the end of the day, the port works. And that's what's important. So I hope I'm answering your question here on how I was <laughs> incorporating exercise into my chemo treatment. Yeah, absolutely. Um so you, I mean, you mentioned mount, mountain biking, and I am not a mountain biker. Um, but what I know about my, mountain biking is that it it can be pretty intense. Did your doctors ever put any cautionary words out to you, or what were you supported full on? He wanted me to get out and have fun. Um, so he was very um, Dr. Kabibi, who I had. He was very very supportive of get, get out there and go do your normal stuff. Um, where he was cautioning me a little bit on the mountain biking was, you know, you're doing your blood tests, and it was actually after my chemo cycle that my platelets started dropping. And, um, like, so all through the chemo, my platelets were fine, but afterwards when I stopped the heavy stuff, they just started dropping. Uh, but I would keep mountain biking, and I fall a lot just from being a gymnast. Sometimes I get into a bad situation, and I can't save it. And I'd fall, and then I would get these massive bruises. And so I would show it to him, because usually they occurred for some reason in line with when my appointments were. And he'd always be saying, be careful, be careful. And, um, you know, I knew he was worried about the internal bleeding. And... Um, but he never said, no, don't do it. He was just, be, be careful. And um, so I started dialing back. Like, I could go for a long bike ride. You know, if there's a downhill section that's looking sketchy, and if, you know, who I'm riding with has wiped out, I will, I will probably walk that section. You know, so you, you dial it back, but you're still out there. Right. The yeah. Getting <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. That's, it's really inspiring to hear a study came out recently, or, or maybe it was a couple years ago, saying that six months after treatment ends, um, about a quarter to less than a half of colorectal cancer survivors are able to exercise the recommended amount, which is 150 minutes per week. Any thoughts on that or any advice to, to people that are, are having a hard time beginning an, an exercise regimen? You know, if you want to get started, my thought here is start small. Every little bit counts. Exercise doesn't need to be two hours of intense activity. It can be as simple as a 10-minute walk at a brisk pace. And I know early on in life, I had always defined exercises. I changed clothes. So I wouldn't count walking my dog when I had a dog. But if I changed my clothes to do something, that to me is exercise. And starting small... And starting small and doing a little bit at a time also puts it in you so that you you want more. Like the worst thing to do is overdo it the first time so you don't do it again. 
And so I would put really, really small goals. Don't put in your head, I'm going to do blah, 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 you know, a 20-minute walk five times a week. That's big. If you're going from zero to that, that's difficult to do. Make it a small goal so that it's easily attainable and you want to do more from that. I'd say also find a workout partner. This person will help you get out and about. And um, it helps you be accountable to each other. And I'm just thinking about, you know, sometimes I know I've texted a friend and said, hey, I don't think I want to do that. It's cold. You know, and I can name a whole host of problems that could go wrong. And just to have someone else go, you know what, let's just go out anyway. We don't have to go out for long. Um, let's just, you know, get out there. We can go to a coffee shop and hang out before we ride back. And um, so it helps to have that encouragement with a workout buddy. Yeah, definitely. That's great advice. And one final thing, Caroline, you mentioned being outside and what fresh air can do for you. Can you explain, like, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of ideas about working out and immediately thinking of the gym, right? But for you, what, what has um, the great outdoors meant for you in terms of exercise and motivation? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. To me, it's getting outside, out and about, and not going to the gym. And I say that because the world is your playground. There is so many things out out there to do. And you know, even first of all, the gym gyms can be expensive, and um, it's laborious. So I don't like going there. It's to me, I can go to a playground like the park, and just hang on a monkey bar. When is the last time you hung? And can you support your own body weight? Um, and, and can you stretch with your arms above your head like that? That does so much good for you in terms of breathing the fresh air, um, opening up for your posture, and just stretching your body. To me, to me that you know, there's so much opportunity for the fresh air to capitalize on. It's that's my preference than going to the gym. Um, you know, at the same time, I know on cold days, it's really hard because it's cold, and I hate being cold. But I have found that if I've got the right clothes on um, and I'm layered, it makes it a lot easier. Um, so, so sometimes, you know, it is putting on the heavy jacket and um, doing that walk or fast run. Well, I don't run fast, but walk or fast walk around the block or just for 10 minutes with lots of layers. And then it's, you know, you, you get into this, oh, my God, I'm wearing too much. And, um, you know, so you start dialing back on it. But to me, that's, it's a lot better to breathe the outdoor air and to get out for 10 minutes than to try to go to the gym. Right. Um, and the other thing, too, that is normally when you do that, you can do that right outside your house in most cases. There may be cars in traffic, but there's usually sidewalks, um, you know, sidewalks and routes that you can use. And by the time you do that, that was your drive to the gym. So you're up and done. <laughs> No, that's great advice, Caroline. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any final words for the listeners in terms of exercise, physical activity, or your your personal experiences? Yeah, you know, the two other thoughts I'll leave you with, and this is something I'm still working on, is um, when I hear my friends talk about things, I usually think about, how do I say yes? Like, it's so easy to say no. There are so many barriers and obstacles in our life and you know, with the cancer that prevent us from saying yes, but what what is it that will allow me to say yes? What's preventing me from saying yes? 
And um, so what is that positive side? How can I bring energy to the situation? And um, you know, maybe I'm not able to do 100% of the activity, but I may be able to, when I think yes, I can at least break down that barrier um, to get me there. And then the second thing I think about is, well, part of saying yes is having a system in place and um, having things easy and convenient to do. And you know, so the example I'll bring up is ice hockey. I learned how to play ice hockey two years ago. And um, this is like I can think of all the reasons not to. The ice hurts. There's a lot of equipment involved. I'm not a good skater. And um, you know, I'm not trying out for the NFL here. My goal was only to be able to play with my nephew. Um, but the problem was there's a lot of clothes and equipment involved. And what I had to do was come up with a method of, you know, a place in my garage to put this stuff when I get when I'm done because it's all sweaty, and um, have it readily available and aired out. I had to have a method in place to make this work. So figure out that method um, for the for the exercise that you're doing. That yes, makes... that's great. Make it easy to do so you so you actually do it right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Caroline, for taking time out of your day to, to chat um, and to, to share your experience with the listeners. And we really appreciate, appreciate you. And um, thank you so much for all your advice. You know, from all this, if at least one person gets out there and starts exercising, um, to me, that's success and a victory. So go at it. Good luck. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember that this information is for educational purposes only and all medical questions should be directed to your healthcare team. For more resources, visit us on the web at fightcolorectalcancer.org.